Just a little tag on to Noja and uh, Mike's announcements. They did a great job. But I had the opportunity to be in that school uh, Friday, I guess it was, we went there. And to see the excitement on the faces of those teachers knowing that our church was behind them. That's a great opportunity. And it's an elementary school. We get them young. The Bible says, teach the children. And though we may not be able to quote a scripture verse, but we can teach God's principles without ever using a verse. We can show love to a child that maybe doesn't feel loved. One who is straight, maybe just family is just not there for them. But also, just being able to have this food pantry. We went this week and got, we went made two trips, I guess, this week. We made two trips this week and got two pickup truck loads <laughs> of food. Not only just food, but also meat. We filled up two freezers that we bought. God is going to bless this because every time you, they come, they're going to see this church. And what are they going to see? Love to this community. What are they going to see in the school? Love to this community. And so I look forward to it, and I hope that this is an opportunity. Some people have said to me, Lord, uh, Pastor, I'd really like to do something. Sign up, because this is something everyone can do. Everyone can do this because you can help. There's going to be ways that we don't even know the ways that you can help yet. But God is going to do great things through it. And I just thank the Lord for that. All right, this morning I'm going to be teaching on a subject that I don't know that too many people teach on it except Karen taught it about half my message this morning in Sunday school. She even got my illustration, but I'm going to expand it just a little bit. But... Um, one of the things that I have learned over my many years in ministry, I don't even know how many, many years, years, 45, something like that. I get asked a lot of times in the past, how do I recognize the voice of God speaking to me? We hear, Karen taught it this morning, we hear about walk in the Spirit, live in the Spirit, be guided by the Spirit, all these terms that we use. But very seldom do we get into getting the understanding of how do I walk, how do I do all of these things, except that I be guided by the Holy Spirit. Okay, that's guided by the Holy Spirit. She used the example this morning, you're walking this way, and all of a sudden you go this way, and the Spirit says, no, you shouldn't have went that way. The Spirit tells you not to go that way. You're the one that chooses to go that way. That's when we are not listening to the Lord and we begin to go places that God doesn't want to. So being able to hear, hearing the voice of God is the most important part of your Christian experience, but yes, it is taught less than anything else. It is always assumed in a message that you already know how to hear. Hear what the Spirit says to the churches, it says in the book of Revelation, right? And it says, hear these things, and we just assume... That everybody now, because they're saved and the Spirit dwells inside of them, or maybe even baptized in the Holy Spirit. Some people aren't baptized in the Holy Spirit, but if they're baptized in the Holy Spirit, they've got the Spirit inside them, so they're automatically just going to be guided wherever they go if they hear the voice of God. And I've had many ask me, how do I hear the voice of God? And about 40, about 40 years ago, I put together a message or a teaching. I actually taught it for about three weeks. And I'm not teaching three weeks worth of stuff this morning, so don't get scared. Um, on how to hear the voice of God and determine how to hear the voice of God. And somewhere over the 40 years, that teaching, I had a little book that had it all in it, got lost somewhere in a move. And I didn't have it, so naturally I had to go start all over again and put this all back together again. But I wanted to share it with you because... There's not one believer or unbeliever sitting in this audience this morning that could not have their life radically changed from where it is 
if they could just hear one word from God. Marriages could be resolved. Problems in marriages could be resolved. Financial needs could be resolved. Lives would change. Drug addictions could go away. Sickness could go away. Simply by hearing the voice of God speak to you and give you that word that sets you free. Do you agree with me? So it's important for us to realize that, yes, we are to hear the word of the Lord. We are to hear it. But how do we hear it? How do we hear it? If you're in a financial crisis, the Lord knows exactly how to turn that situation around. It's just a matter of fact of hearing His Word of what you need to do. The Holy Spirit is busy right now speaking to hearts right now. He does it all day long, 24 hours a day, because somewhere in the world, somebody's awake to be able to hear what the Lord has to say. You can even hear from the Lord when you're asleep. Why? Because God doesn't deal with audible things. He deals with spiritual things. We'll get into that. Now, John chapter 10, Jesus is here talking about Himself, actually. He says, To him who the doorkeeper opens, the sheep hear His voice. Now, how many of you considered this morning that you are a sheep of God? Well, I appreciate the three or four of you that raised your hand. The rest of you can give your heart to the Lord before the service is over today, okay? But all of you today can become sheep inside of the protection of the Lord. He said, my sheep hear my voice and calls his own sheep by name. We sang a song this morning saying, he knows my name. Here's the scripture that tells you he knows your name. He knows who you are, where you are, what circumstance you're in, exactly where you are. And that prayer that you prayed one time, God, do you even know where I am? Yes, He does. If you know Him, He knows exactly where you are because He abides inside of you. If you're lost, He's lost with you. He knows where you are. And He says, Not only does the sheep, he know them by name, it says, but he leads them out. He takes us from wherever we are and leads us to where he wants us to be. If we hear his voice. Right? Now, it says, and when he brings out his own sheep. Now, own. God is downloading. I just took a word out of that scripture and the Spirit just ministered to you in your own mind the definition of own. Did you get it when it came? But see, God took one word. I just said own. But many of you right now already understand God has given you understanding what it means to own something. It didn't require me to give it to you. You heard it in your spirit. That's how God works. And it says, And He goes before them, and the sheep follow Him. Why? They know His voice. They know His voice. So it's important for us to know His voice. He says we know His voice. They will not, they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. When you go in, if, if you've ever been, I, I, I'm, I'm an observer of people, and especially when I had, my son was very young, which was a long time ago, and by the way, I'm probably going to go to some of these young people things because I want all of you to know I'm 39 years old, so I'm a little over 30. Now, I realize I've turned 39 33 times, but I'm still 39. The way you get there, folks, is you get to a certain age, then you start, having, then you start counting backwards. Okay? That's how you get there. Just in case you wanted to, know, wanted to give you a little spiritual input there. Okay. 
But they do not hear the voice of strangers. So we shouldn't be hearing anything but the voice of God. But is that true? No. We listen to other voices. We listen to family. We listen to our friends, our uh, people on the job. We communicate with people. We have influences all the time. And we hear a lot of things. But we're not, we shouldn't be, I don't think he's talking about strangers. He's talking about the devil here as a stranger. But notice that he said in verse 3, his sheep hear his voice. It didn't say, it didn't say his sheep can hear his voice. Or it doesn't say that you should hear his voice. He was very emphatic. And when he said it, he said, his sheep do hear his voice. It is positive. Emphasize that we as children of God hear the voice of God. Can you hear the voice of God without being a believer? We'll get there. Think about that. I needed to plant the seat because I know that the download will start coming now. Okay? Now, most questions would, would uh, kind of question the accuracy of what I'm statement, saying here. Since many people's experiences don't line up to this teaching. They say, wait a minute. I, I hear the voice of God. Do we? All believers can and do hear the voice of God. Okay? They just don't recognize it. To hear the voice of God requires the ability, to requires the ability for us to distinguish it from something else. Okay? So, they just don't recognize that what they're hearing is God's voice. Now, John 10, 27 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Look at it. Three points. My sheep hear my voice. Okay. So first we have to hear the voice. It says, and know them. He knows us. And they follow me. If you can hear the voice... You can follow. Okay? Now, I know for a fact, if you are a born-again child of God today, that you have heard the voice of God at least once in your life, but did you recognize it was His voice when He said it? That was the day that you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Because it says, No one can come to me except he is drawn of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit speaks to the heart of man. And the heart of man, when he touches, touches that heart, he's an unbeliever. And now, through that voice, becomes a believer of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we, the first thing, that we ever did as a Christian was we heard the voice of God say, come. So we know that He is there. We understand that, right? Now, think about this. Have you ever been convicted of sin? How many of you have been convicted of sin? Well, more of you. I'll get the rest of you in a minute. Okay. Where do you think that conviction comes from? It comes from the Spirit of God that speaks to the inside, to your heart, and says, you're wrong. You need to correct that. Okay? Now, recognizing things that God tells us And identifying that spirit is all in learning how to hear the voice of God. How many times have you just been going about your day? And I'm going to get it personal here. No, I won't. Okay. 
I didn't want to get my feelings hurt. Okay. Anyway, so how many times have you been just doing things and all of a sudden somebody's name pops into your mind? Pastor Angela pops into your mind for no reason. You're just driving down 290. Or you're going up, stopping in traffic, and all of a sudden she comes to your mind. Who put that there? Spirit of God. What'd you do with it? I hope you prayed. But many people would think, I don't know how in the world I thought of that. Hmm, okay. And you shrug it off. That's the way God speaks. Okay? That's the speaking time that He does. Now, ever been prompted to tell somebody about the Lord Jesus Christ? Walking in a store. On the job. Mm, but did we accept it as the voice of God or was that just something we thought of and we just pushed it aside? Again, voice of God. Now, this list can go on and on. I don't want to get into a whole lot of things. But many times, this is the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to us to guide us in the way that He wants us to go. That's how you walk in the Spirit because you're guided by the voice of God as He speaks to you. So what does the voice of God sound like? Jonathan, go carry the gospel to the Spanish-speaking people. Did I knock my earpiece off? Well, now you know it's the voice of God because I didn't even have a mic on. Right? I tell you what, turn this thing off. No, that's fine. That's fine. I'll go with this. It's been giving me fits all morning, and I don't know what it is. I think my ear must have changed this week or something. I put it on a half a dozen times this morning. It still won't stay on, but I can use a microphone just like pastor, like other pastors, okay? But, you know, make it a lot better if I say, Jonathan, go! Sorry about that, sweetie. I didn't mean to wake you up. Believe it or not, they'll stay asleep because I used to sell tapes to put babies to sleep because everybody in my church was asleep when I preached. Okay, anyway. But God, I don't believe that God spoke to Jonathan and Mahdi that way. He could have. But God doesn't always speak in that God voice. You know? But yet, they're reaching out to the Spanish ministry. God didn't call me like that when He called me into ministry. It wasn't a loud voice like that. Okay? But now God can use a voice like that. I'm not saying that God can't. He can. Okay? And if you look in uh, John, the 12th chapter, the 29th verse, here Jesus was thinking about what he had to go to the cross, and he was really concerned about all the trouble he was going to be in. And all of a sudden, this voice from heaven. It says, Therefore the people who stood by and heard it, said that it that it had thundered. Others said, an angel has spoken to him. Those people heard something. Jesus said, and the Lord opened the heavens and said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. God spoke from heaven. Moses heard the word of God. He, he heard God speak to him standing right there with him in his presence. But that's one way that God... But He doesn't use that very often. He's used it one time in my life. One time where it was an audible voice of God. I had just walked out of a hospital where God had miraculously healed me and I didn't have to have surgery. I'm going to keep it short. A lot of things to it. I was walking out of that hospital crying and rejoicing because God had just performed a miracle and I didn't have to have surgery on my back. I sit in my car because I'd driven myself there. I got in my car, I shut the door, I leaned my head over on my steering wheel, and I was just weeping because I was so thankful for God. And this voice was so strong, I turned around and looked in the back seat. He said, what I have done for you, I will do for others. Preach faith and love, for without those two things, no man will ever see me. And I have preached 
It's a dash of life from spiritual birth till they go home. That's what God called me to do. Okay? God calls different people in different ways. Now, I can't expect God to do that every time that he wants to tell me something. Right? I have to be able to learn to be able to hear things. So this morning... I'm going to, very quickly, by the way, I'm going to do my very best. I put on here, if possible, I'm going to be brief. And only the only person that knows whether or not I'm going to be able to be brief or not is guess who? The Holy Spirit. Because he can, he can close the mouth and he can open the mouth, okay? And he can fill it or he can not. But anyway, I want each one of these things I'm fixing to tell you could be a sermon within themselves. That way I cannot preach the entire thing, okay? I just want to give you the highlights of it. But there are seven ways that I feel that God speaks. Some of them you may already know, but we're going to just throw them all in here. First one is the Bible. God speaks to us through His Word. Now, I think everybody, I don't think I need to use a scripture for that. I think everybody can pretty much understand that the Bible is where God speaks to us, right? Now, when we read the Bible, you can read the Bible for just saying, I want to, I read the Bible, I read the Bible every year, I read the Bible every year, I read the Bible every year. Okay? Study the Bible. Read the Bible through if that's what you want to do, if that's your desire, but find scriptures and study the scriptures in word by word, precept upon precept, line upon line. Take a book, start on it, and go through it so that you get the context of the scripture. And ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you when you do it, when you read the Word of God. And God can take that Word and give you revelation into that Word so that you can do all that God wants you to do. And He uses this to take the world out of, help take the world out of you because you learn what the Bible says it is to live for Him. And this is where you find instructions. Yes, you can get instructions coming here on Wednesday night and listening to Pastor Roy. Pastor Roy is a great minister. He has great insights, great revelation. And if you're missing, you're missing a lot of good teaching. Okay? But you can hear it up here. Pastor Angel preaches great messages. But you cannot just live off of what you get bits and pieces on a Sunday morning. You have to add to that. You have to be able to take God's Word and let it become in you daily, daily, daily breaking the Word. He says daily. Daily, they went breaking bread. It didn't say they broke bread weekly. It says they daily broke bread. A lot of people say, oh, yeah, but they're talking about eating. <laughs> Come on. There's so much symbolism in the Bible. Are you really sure? It said they went together house to house breaking bread. Okay, yeah, I can get, I can get from that that they broke bread. But you're trying to tell me the disciples went in there broke real bread and didn't give them real the bread of life? It's something that we have to eat. Now, if you're fasting, that's one thing. But don't fast from the Word. You fast in the natural so that you can get more from the Word while you're fasting. Okay? Oh, that's not the message. Okay. All right. But God will take certain words, just like I used the one, make it your own. Pastor Angela, I was talking one, one Wednesday night, Pastor Roy was preaching. I got three words, I think it was that night. <laughs> I started writing them in my book. I flipped to, I'm taking his notes and I flipped to the back and I write the things that the Lord gives me. And after the service, I was talking about my mind running all the time and how God used like his pension. She takes, gives me her, she opens her oak pad and God has done the same thing with her. Because you can hear all the words that we hear, but God can give you one word or a phrase that you, it gets in your head and you can't get rid of it. It just keeps rolling around in your head. You say, why does it keep rolling around in my head? He wants you to study that. That's a growth potential. That's how, that's how he's speaking to you through the Word as it goes forth. But the Word of God is there. Okay, moving along because i got to move here. Sometimes, number two, sometimes the voice is just an impression in your spirit. It's like a tug on your heart or a deep sense of knowing in your spirit that he's speaking to you. It just seems like... The Lord is speaking something directly to our inner man. Sometimes this might be happening, especially I see it in, 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 in many things that happen in life. Sometimes it can be when you might be heading for danger, an impression changes your mind. I don't know why, but I drive, used to drive to work out anymore. They retired me. 
But I used to drive the same way every work. I mean, you go the same way every day. You know what? You know what lane to get in. You know which one moves. You know which one doesn't move. You know when to cut somebody off and when not to cut them off. People you cut off every morning. It's nice to you. No. But I knew every way to go. And one morning, don't ask me why. I really don't know why. I was thinking about something. Kind of one of those just going down the road where you, those bad times. If, if you've ever done this, it's scary. But all of a sudden, you wake up from this wherever you are, and you realize you're about five miles down the road, and you don't remember the last five miles you traveled? No, that's never happened to anybody else but me. I understand that. I'm special. But anyway. But the thing about it is, I went a different way to work. And I, when I basically came out of this, I don't know what you want to call it. I call it a trance for lack of a, lack of a better word. I was on the street, and I had to look around and see where I was. I don't know what happened on that freeway that I didn't need to be around. But then it reminded me when I was doing this, I was driving my truck home from, uh, I was in coming from Huffman, Texas, if you know where Huffman, Texas is, on 1960. And I was getting ready to go to my house. I lived up in Porter. I was getting ready to get onto the freeway. And when you get on the freeway, when you turn to get on the feeder, you've got to get over quick. But there's people turning from the other direction. You've got to get over quick because the interest of 59 is real quick. If you don't get on there, you've got to go all the way to Kingwood on the feeder road to be able to get on. And so, it's, you know, across the traffic, it's sometimes a little difficult, but most people will just let you in. And so I turned, and I kept trying to get over. I had my blinker on. I kept trying to get over. And this guy just would not let me in. And basically, he just took the ramp. And so I said, I'll just go on. And I drove. As soon as I said, okay, I'm driving, I hear this tremendous crash. Guess who was involved in the accident? That would have been me if he had let me in front of him. Okay? Was that me? No, that was the Holy Spirit protection on my life. That's how God works. He does things that many times we don't recognize. One time I was coming home from the University of Kansas with some friends of mine, and we were in the car. We were heading home. My mother knew we were coming and all this kind of stuff. And a certain time, my mother was in the house, and all of a sudden... She got this impression that we were in danger, and she says, Jesus, help them right now in Jesus' name. I bind anything against them in the name of Jesus. Several hours later, we were just north side of Atlanta, and we had topped a hill doing young boys in college, so you can only imagine how fast we were going. And all of a sudden, every car on that freeway had stopped because of a wreck that was down the road. And when we topped the hill, there was no warning. And topped the hill, we come, there was nothing but cars in front of us. There was no way to get stopped. Cars were already pulling off into the medians, you know, runned off into the medians. So we headed for the median too. Randy was driving, a friend of mine. He was driving, and there were two cars. Randy said, I'm going between them. I can't stop. I said, don't go between them. Just pick one. I'm in the front seat. So he goes right between them. And just as, there was no room in between, but just as our car started to go there, the car that was on the hill slid down the hill, and we went right between them. At the precise moment, because I looked at my wife, at the precise moment, my mother said, Jesus, protect him right now. That's the Spirit of God. That's not just a mother's instinct. That's a loving mother that loved God, talked in tongues, believed in God, that God now was praying a prayer for her son. That's the voice of God. That's how it works. God works, number three, pictures. How many of you just rode down the road one time and just see something on the side or whatever the case may be, and all of a sudden it gives you a spiritual insight? I went down the road going all the way on 59, going to work one day, and every time I would get to this one place along the freeway, this thought would come to me. And you'd stay with me all day. I'd go home that night. I'd come back the next day for three days in a row. Every time I come out of the thought, I could not figure out why it was that I was thinking that. Well, it was the Holy Spirit, but I found out my mind was seeing a sign that I didn't see. You understand what I'm saying? No, I saw the sign in my brain, but I did not consciously see it. But yet it printed a spiritual thought in my mind. I was able to minister on that thought because God was giving that to me about a sign, a picture. Okay? Now, if all of a sudden in your mind you see a picture that seems to be a warning or a blessing, 
Remember, in Jeremiah, the Lord said, Jeremiah, what do you see? And he looked. And he says, I see a branch of an almond tree. Now, the Lord gave me one the other day. I woke up, dead sleep. And he gave me one, and I'm still working on it. But I'll share it with you. Just to let you know that sometimes God gives you something. You don't know why you got it. But I guarantee you somewhere down the line, I'm going to know what it is. The Lord woke me up with this thought of what benefit is an empty suitcase. Now, I'm not going to think that, you know, so, you know, but whatever. Now, I'm seeking God's direction. I think I know what it means. I think the Lord has showed me, but whatever. Sometimes you... Seeing a photograph brings thoughts in your natural mind. How many of you see something in the past? You look at a little photograph, and it reminds you of something so sweet. You just had one on Facebook this week, so I know you do it. She had a little picture and then the big picture now. And how? Yeah, you were reminiscing, right? A natural picture brings natural things to our mind. Spiritual pictures from God bring spiritual things into our lives. When you begin to see something you don't understand, seek God and ask Him why. Ask Him why you're doing that. Ask Him why did you see that picture. Anyway, I've got to move on. Visions, number four. A vision is like a video being played out in your mind, but you're not asleep, but you're awake. Okay? Now, visions. Now, I will tell you this. Someone last Sunday... Shared a vision. I wasn't there, but I got the story. Shared a vision at the meet at the meet and eat. And by the way, if you really like, if you want to meet people and get to know people, come to the meet and eat every second and fourth. I'll give a little plug for that. That to me is one. It's great. Get to meet people. And if you're new to the church, you can come by and get to meet some of the leadership because there's several of us leadership people that are there, and we like to get to know you, and you can get to know us. So when the next one comes up next week, look at it and come and be with us. Okay. All right. Plug number one. Okay. Now. So, but anyway, this person shared in that meet and eat that they saw a vision of Pastor, of Pastor Angela this past week in Sunday service. Now, I'm not going to get into what it was. If you weren't here, you missed it, but whatever. I'm here to tell that person, if they're here, that what you saw happened. It really did happen. But he, that person said, that's the first vision they've ever had in their life. God, I got so excited when I heard that. Why? That means God has now started to show visions. My old men shall dream dreams. And us young men shall have visions. Being 39, I get visions and. Being visions and, you know, dreams, okay? But visions. But a lot of people say, well, what's a vision? I don't understand a vision, okay? Acts 10, verse 3. This is when Cornelius. Remember Cornelius? When, when Peter was going to go to Cornelius and they poured out for the Holy Spirit, all this kind of stuff, right? There's some very interesting stuff that God showed me in that scripture, okay? But it says in, in, in verse 3, it says, And about the ninth hour of the day, that's about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, so I'm sure he wasn't awake. Uh, he wasn't asleep, I mean. Uh, he saw clearly a vision, an angel of God coming down and saying to him, Cornelius. And then he goes on to tell Cornelius about Peter coming and all that. I don't want to get into all that scripture. But he had a vision. Okay? Now, vision's great, right? God showed him something. And then later on, what he did what the vision said, and then God brought them and they were filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. What would happen if, if Cornelius just said, I must have been me thinking about that? I'm a, I must be having a dream or whatever. Now, the other one is dreams. Five dreams. Sometimes. These are called visions at night since they come when we're sleeping. It's basically the same thing as a vision, except when we dream, we dream things. Now, if, you had, if you're dreaming, does that mean that every dream that you have is a spiritual dream? I wish I could tell you yes, but I can't, okay? But you can have spiritual dreams. You can get direction. You can get uh, things that's going to happen in your life, things that God's preparing you for. You may not understand totally what they say because a lot of times they come in symbolism. And it's just like mine came in the symbolism of a suitcase, okay? Well, I just got back from Africa. I, you know, I could say, hey, the Lord wants me to pack my suitcase and go back to Africa. Oh, if that's where he wants me to go, you tell me because I'll be there in a heartbeat. 
But the thing about it is, you know, dreams are there, but they happen at nighttime. But that's another way that the Spirit of God speaks to our hearts. He speaks to us through dreams. Okay? Now, we have to be able to decipher dreams. I'll talk about that a little bit later. Okay? Now, number six. I'm trying to move quickly because I'm running out of time. Trance. Now, to me, this one was a surprise to me because I said, Lord, I read it, and when I saw it, it just shocked me because when I think about trances, I think about bad things. Must have, you know, get these trance. But the Lord showed me this when I was reading it because I was reading a story about Nicodemus, right? I mean, Cornelius, not Nicodemus, Cornelius. And I was reading the part that happened where he had the vision. The vision. And so I read on down, and so I got down to the bottom part of it. And then I read, I read in, in, in Acts 10.10, 10, just down there. Now, this is Peter. This is the other side. Now, he's giving him a vision up here, right? And then we go to Peter. He's on, he's on the rooftop. You know, he's hungry. It's around noontime. And all of a sudden, it says there, and then he became very hungry and wanted to eat. Sound familiar? Okay. But while they made ready... He fell into a trance. Now, Paul in Acts twenty two seventeen says that he was praying in the temple and was in a trance. So we have here, Peter did it. Paul had this thing. And I got to thinking about this, and the Lord wanted to open up because I kept, I've been praying for the Lord to give me greater revelations. That's been on my heart, to just get greater revelation of his word. And so I said, and when I came to this, the Spirit of the Lord said to me, this is what I use for you. And I did not realize it all these years, and God just revealed it to me this past week. <laughs> you say, why would you say that, okay? I can be at my house and begin thinking about either a verse or a subject, and I will go into a trance. I am physically there, but mentally I have isolated everything around me. I don't see my wife. I don't see what's going on around me. I, my eyes are fixed, and I am just sitting there staring. My wife will come up and say, hey. I say, yeah. She says, where are you? I said, I'm right here. She says, no, you're not. You're somewhere else. Because God in my mind, was taking a thought and just churning that thought. And I needed that quietness, so I locked in and didn't listen to anything that was going on around me. And that's how God was gives me messages. That's how God gives me things. And this may be something that do. Now, I have to joke, I, you know, sometimes I have to realize not everything that I'm in a trance is may be spiritual. <laughs> But you'll know what's spiritual and what's not. Okay? And we're going to get to that in a minute. Last, this doesn't mean I'm at the end, by the way. I got all those to get to this one, okay? Seven, a still small voice. That's the one everybody wants to hear about. All these others people have done, but it's that still small voice. How do you recognize that still small voice? Okay? Now, First Kings 19, verse 12, it says, Elijah... Got a gentle whisper or a still, small voice. Okay? God still, small voices usually comes in the form of a thought, a whisper in your mind. Now, Karen Jupton had to use one of my illustrations this morning about a radio. And I'm going to have to run this one quick because i got a long ways to go here. Okay? But this is a radio. For some of you who are under the age of 20, this is what I listened to 50 years ago when I wanted to listen to music. It is a, top of the line here, six transistor. There is not an IC chip inside of here. If you want to know, I looked. All there is in here is electronic components. Resistors, transistors, and it actually has six transistors. The next model up was an eight transistor radio. Now, I was going to give you an illustration this morning, and I was going to turn this thing on, and I was going to find you a radio station on here. The only problem is this building, you can't pick anything up in here. 
so I can't do that. But this is what you hear a lot when you listen to an AM radio. A lot of interference, right? You get a lot of interference when you get on, on these radios. I got a lot of interference in the days that we had this because this was beginning technology. But this here, you had to tune in what you wanted to hear. There's a little tuning knob on here, right? You had to tune it into the channel that you want to get it to. Now you just go tell it, well, listen to this, listen to that, and it doesn't. But this is what we listen with. And I even had an earplug because he's got an earplug on here. But your earplug, your earplug jack won't fit in this one because this one's special. Okay, no. But what I'm trying to say is this is AM. Amplitude modulation. Now, because this is my business, I can tell you a whole lot about it. But anyway, amplitude modulation. Most of you don't like to listen for AM, even AM today, because if you notice, when you're going down the road a lot of times, you get static and all that kind of stuff. I used to use an AM radio, not this specific one, but I used, to re- I used to get a radio to find trouble when I worked in telephone business when the AC, the 60 cycle hum, hum, would you get on your telephone line? Y'all don't know what it is because you've got digital phones. I'm sorry. But anyway, they came out with a new one called FM. Amplitude modulation, but it also, FM meant frequency modulation. So they're able to lock the frequency in. Because the, A&M's, A, uh, the AM station back in the day, you'd be riding somewhere and all of a sudden it'd go away and you'd have to retune it because the, the frequency would move around. FM put in a higher band and got modular, got a lot more stable, so therefore we got FM stations today that you don't get all that static on. Why? Right? Because you got it on the right channel, but you got to get on the right channel, right? So anyway, but God, but the thing I wanted to tell you is, in this room right now, in this room right now, God is speaking to every one of you. I know He is, because I'm speaking to you, and God is giving you information, and you're taking words that I say, and you're turning them into thoughts, and God's giving them. But the thing about it, I don't hear any of it, because each one of you has your own channel. Each one of you has your own channel to listen to. God wants you to listen. There's a lot of static on these things. Many times we have static in our lives. Sometimes it's hard to get tuned in. Why? Because things, we're not in a place to where we're able to listen. We're too noisy of an environment. We can't hear what it has to say, what the Spirit's trying to tell us. Sometimes the signal will fade in and out, just like an old AM radio. It'll fade in and out because it's not locked on. It's not frequently, frequently slotted and locked down. The same thing is true with God. God is transmitting His voice to His sheep. But few are tuned on and turned on or something is interfering with a signal. Most, people, most Christians are too busy pleading with God in prayer, transmitting that they can't hear what He's saying to them because they won't be quiet. If you spend five minutes in prayer asking God for something, spend at least five minutes silent so He can talk back to you. It is a two-way communication. We used to have a song back in the old times, Jesus on the main line, tell Him what you want. Jesus on the main line, tell Him what you want. All you young ones, go look it up. He even had one called a royal telephone. Between me and God, royal telephone. A telephone works both ways. You talk, he talks. You talk, he talks. Do you realize that you, do you know that even today, you can't talk and listen at the same time on your cell phone? Try it. As soon as you start talking, you can't hear what the other side says. How do I know that? I work 45 years in communication business, okay? Uh, but you can't. Even though there may be both directions going on, when you start talking, you can't hear. You can't hear God if you're talking. That's the first thing you need to do is learn to listen. You have to make yourself listen. The revelation that the Holy Spirit gave me while I was preparing this message was this. If you could physically see right now what is happening in the spirit realm inside of this church as far as the Holy Spirit communing individually with each and every one of you, your mouth would drop to your feet. Because every, there are, the Lord showed me, there are communication lines, individual lines going to every person here. He's talking to each one individually. He's not talking to us as a group. I'm talking to the group. He's talking individually to you. He's giving you what I'm saying. You're hearing what I'm saying. He's giving you what you. he wants you to get from what I am saying. 
That's the Spirit of God. That's how it all works. Because we have to worship Him in spirit and in truth, right? So, if you're here today, you may be physically hearing my words, but even if you don't recognize it, you are also on the same receiving voice of the Holy Spirit and God that God the Father wants you to hear today. He'll speak to you through the Holy Spirit. First thing we need to do is fix our receivers. Problem? To hear God takes time, it takes effort, and it takes focus. Every Christian's daily routine is so busy and noisy that we just need a good place to hear God's voice. This is one of the main reasons that we're not able to hear the voice of God is because we're too busy and don't have time to listen. Be still and know that I am God. So one reason that we can't hear the word is we're just too busy. It needs stillness, not busyness. It's that still small voice. Of a small voice, a still small voice needs silence to be able to be heard. John twenty four, John four twenty four says, God is a spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. This is not this is saying that communication with God is spirit to spirit. His spirit to your spirit, not from him to you audibly. It doesn't come this way. It comes to here. It is a spirit. It is a spirit. Not brain to brain, mouth to ear, as we communicate physically. The Lord speaks to our spirit, not in words, but in thoughts, impressions. Then our spirits speak to us in words like, oh, I get this impression that I think the Lord wants me to do this or that. The Lord doesn't typically say, you do this or you do that. But He impresses our spirit to do something, and then we move upon that. That's when we say, I think I should do this. When we hear that we should do something or not do something and don't recognize that that is the Lord or the Holy Spirit, then we miss that opportunity to do that. Now, I got it. Everyone, anybody ever done something that they regretted after doing it? And they say later, I knew that I should, that I was, that was the wrong thing to do. We didn't feel right about the decision, but we have, we followed logic or pressure from somebody, only to find out our impression was exactly the Lord speaking to us. If we had listened to Him, we wouldn't have been where we are. Many times we are where we are today because we don't listen to the Lord. We make, our de- we make our decisions and we do them and then we ask God to get us out of them. If we listen first and then act, then the decisions that we make will be the decisions that God wants us to make. And we won't get ourselves in trouble. We won't have to spend so much time on the transmit side of the telephone call saying, God, help, 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 help me. He knows my name. Yeah, he's seen every mistake. He's been trying to talk to you for ages. Delight yourself in the Lord, Psalms 37, for he shall give you the desires of your heart. Big, big thing. People, oh, the Lord says he wants to give me the desires of my heart. <laughs> What's your desire? This verse has been misrepresented so many times. It may, they, people have said, well, he'll give me whatever he wants. He's been, this has been used to justify selfishness, greed, adultery. But it doesn't mean that the Lord will give you whatever you want. It means that when you are seeking the Lord and listening to the Lord, He will put His wants, His desires in our heart, and our desires become His desires. And when you've got His desires, God will bless every desire that you pray. If it's what God wants you to do. But we can't do it. Now, I told you many years ago the Lord did this, but here I'm going to get this process because I've got to get going real quick. We had a little long service this morning, but please bear with me for another couple of minutes. Many years ago... I taught this class. I was telling you about it. God gave me this process, and it's not complex. It's not a great revelation. It's just simply straightforward. There are influences, and I've talked about those in other messages that I pray, influences our life, friends, family, jobs, whatever, that can influence us, and that's all this aside. I can't preach that again, okay? But when it comes to the voice of God, many times we question if it's truly the voice of God. So we have three spiritual influences in our life. I think everybody knows those, right? That's ourself, 
Spirit of Satan, Spirit of God. Three spiritual influences. There's only three. My spirit, your spirit, okay? God, devil, three. Real simple. So God gave me this process, and I called it the process of elimination. There was a story that a young boy that was in the class with the pastor that I was teaching this at his church. He had a young son, very young, Brad. And after I preached that series, he made up a little three-ring notebook like this, and he put all the processes that I had talked about. (laughs) And he put on the front of it, the process of illumination. He didn't get elimination. He got illumination. He didn't know what elimination was, so he did illumination. So I said, well, that's pretty close. God can't illuminate it to you. I guess I could be more, but I use the word elimination. So when you hear the voice of God speaking, or you think that you're hearing the voice of God, here's three rules that you can use to try to determine if this was the Lord, you, or the devil. Okay? Now, one, when you hear this, is this something that you would normally think to do or to say? Is it something that you would normally want to do or say? In other words, example, all of a sudden Mike comes up and says, we're going to have an offering for the vision. And he says, please give what the Lord directs you to give. And all of a sudden, boom, $1,000 hits you in the head. You say, that wasn't me. First thing that came to your thought, first process that you came was give $1,000. You said, what? Well, it must not have been you then. It must not have been you speaking because you wouldn't want to give it. Now, if you want to give $1,000, okay, give it. Okay, that's good, right? But also a lot of times when God speaks to us about not doing something, not doing something, we want to do it. But he's telling us not to do it. So that's not something, if he's telling us not to do something we like to do, that's not you telling you not to do it. Now, is that the devil telling you to do something that you want to do, but God doesn't want you to do? Or is the, God, is the devil trying to tell you not to do something that God wants you to do? So when you get this, whatever it is, where it's to God that wants you to do something or he wants you to not do something, it doesn't matter what it is, or you see something not to want to see it, it doesn't matter which one of them it is, is that something that you would normally yourselves in your own ability, in your own everyday, do? But then you've got to realize it can't be a sin because God is not going to give you direction to sin. Okay? It has to be in conformity to God's Word. It has to be the right thing to do, right? It has to be good. It can't be flesh-oriented. Your flesh can't be involved in it. In other words, are you going to get something? Is the motives correct? Are you thinking to do it with the right motive? Is it for God to receive God in glory or for you to receive honor and glory? Many Christian people today do things to be seen when God wants to get the glory, not them. Okay? It's important for us to realize that our motives are important. I'm not preaching on motives. I'll preach that next time, okay? But motives is a big thing. But anyway, so... Did Satan want you to do it? Well, if Satan would want you to do that, if he's telling you to do something. All right, for instance, if he's telling you to go out and witness, is that something you'd think about doing? Well, I wish I would, but I don't. I'm not into this witnessing thing. Well, would the devil want you to go out and witness? Okay, it's time to start witnessing because the Lord just got through telling you to witness because the other, only other influence left is God. You can go through this process. Very simple. Is it something I want to do? Is it something the devil would want me to do or not to do? Is it something God would want me to do or God not want me to do? That simple question, I'm not saying it will get you in every circumstance and every little pick of little anything in your life, but the biggest portions of these things that God is talking you to do or things he's telling you not to do are there. Young people, many, many times I know as I was a youth myself that I would, I would do something and all of a sudden something would start heading me in one way and something inside would say, don't go there. And if I did... It got back to my parents, and I paid the price. I had to realize that there was 2,500 pounds, 2,500 people in my community that I grew up in, and all 2,500 of them knew my dad. So anything I did was going to get back to my dad. Anything you do will get back to your dad. Remember that. All right, I'll stop. Okay. 
In training your spiritual ears to hear the voice of God, remember this. God's voice will never contradict His Word. God's voice will never lead you to sin. God's voice will always come from His love for you and His love for others. And God's voice will never lead you to be hurt or to hurt someone else. As you train your spiritual ears to hear the voice of God, remember to find a quiet place to listen. Know that God quietly speaks in the same still voice. Trust and have faith in the voice. And have confidence that what you've heard is from the Lord. Colossians 3.15 says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. In the decisions that you make, in the decisions that you make as you hear the voice of God, you will have peace when you're in God's way. You will not have peace when you choose the other way. If you choose something and you have no peace about it, stay away from it. Because if God wants you to go somewhere, it may be a difficult task for Him to get you to do, but you'll have peace going through it. And you'll have the love of God in you, and you'll feel it when you come out of it. Hearing and doing what the voice of God says will bring peace in all of our hearts. I am convinced that our gracious Heavenly Father speaks to every one of His children, giving us all the information and guidance that we need to be overcomers. There isn't a problem with His transmitter. It's not the problem with what God is saying to each and every one of us. The problem is we're not listening. But it takes effort to do that. As the Ark Fellowship moves into this next phase, and I know that there's a next phase. I mean, it's moving so fast right now. I shared with Pastor Angela the other day before any of this happened. I said, one thing happened. I said, God told my spirit, this is going to be a whirlwind. Hang on. It's going to come at you so fast. It's just like it was when we were in Africa. It came at us so fast we couldn't keep up with it. We had one thing. God says this way. We said, oh, we're going to do it. No, God says this way. God that's the way God works. But as we move to this day, it's imperative that we all are able to, as members of this church, to be able to hear God telling us what he wants each and every one of us to do. Because it's important that we recognize that God has something for all of us to do. There's going to be people here that their job is intercessory prayer. That's one of the greatest jobs in the church. To intercede on behalf of Pastor Angela, on behalf of Pastor Roy, for Jonathan, this ministry that's going toward the Spanish. You pray, you intercede for them. God will bless everything that they put their hands to do. Every person that hears what the Word of God wants to do. That's what we all have to be. We all have to be on the same channel of unity, hearing the same Word for God for the church. But we must also be on that channel that's personalized for each and every one of us, that we can hear what God wants us to hear, when He wants us to hear, so that God can guide us into every aspect that this church has to go. There are places that this church is going that she has no idea where it is. I don't have any idea. He doesn't even know. He's starting a work in Spanish. He has no idea where it's going. You say, how do you know that? God may have told him that. God will give him enough to keep him going forward, but he'll never see all the things that God's going to do. I guarantee you she has seen great things done, but God, she's never seen all that God's going to do because you know why I know that? He said, eyes are not here, ears are not heard, not even ever entered into the thoughts of man what God has prepared for them. And that's not all up there, that's down here too. So there's things that's coming, but all you need to do is pray, transmit, and then wait, listen. And listen to what comes to your mind. And then run it through the chain and find out if what you're hearing lines up with the Word of God. If it lines up with the Word of God, it's something that you know God would want you to do. Guess what you're supposed to do? Do it. And trust God in it. That's what God wants us to do. Setting aside time to hear the Word of God is important. Many people have drifted away. But a true believer has a channel in their spirit to hear from God. All you have to do is find yours, tune yours in, and let God minister to you there. Every head bowed just a second. 
I know that God is speaking to people, and I know that God may be speaking to some here this morning that have grown cold in their relationship with God. There are some here that may not have, may have gone back on God and needs to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. The first speaking of the Word of God in your life will be when He says, Come unto me, all you are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. If you're here this morning, if you're here this morning, and you're saying, I want to hear the Lord. If you want to accept Jesus Christ, I invite you to come. A lot of people say, well, I can do it back here. Now, God says, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. If you, want to, if you want to serve God, make a real commitment. Come and accept Him right now. If you need to make things right, come and ask God to make things right. Repent. If you want God to be able to speak to your heart, I'm asking you to take some time to come to the Lord and to listen to what He has to say.